Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And it has been a while since we just sat back and did an analysis of a single piece of corporate messaging that caught our eye. But today, Bethesda, and by proxy, its owner, Microsoft, put out a statement this afternoon that I think is well worthy of our analysis. Now, it relates to the Doom Eternal official soundtrack brouhaha that we covered last week in the video that is currently showing on your stream if you're watching this on YouTube. Now, if you've got 90 minutes to spare, you can see us go through each and every detail of the statements made in 2020 by Marty Stratton of id Software, and then in response by Mick Gordon, the composer of the Doom Eternal soundtrack in part, and certainly the score to the game itself, just a few weeks ago here in 2022. But I do think it's important to get at least the lay of the land here. So we're gonna go over the most salient details of both statements right now. Don't worry folks, it's not gonna be 90 minutes. So here is the letter from 2020, Marty Stratton putting forth on his own accord through his own personal account, the many things that he thinks were at issue with this official soundtrack, which audiophiles, people that are very interested in music and sound, really found deficient when it was released with the Doom Eternal Collector's Edition. He says, some have suggested that we've been careless with or disrespectful of the game music. Others have speculated that Mick, Mr. Gordon, the composer, wasn't given the time or creative freedom to deliver something different or better. The fact is none of that is true. He then goes on further to say, what has become unacceptable to me are the direct and personal attacks on our lead audio designer, who, if you read this whole statement, you'll see was tasked with kind of taking some of the already put together music in the game and just slapping it into the official soundtrack, which is what certain audiophiles and people that are attuned to music and sound got their ire up about, as well as the damage this mischaracterization is doing to the many talented people who have contributed to the game and continue to support it. Now, I highlight this paragraph because we will see it once again from Bethesda proper. id Software being a subsidiary of Bethesda, being a subsidiary of ZeniMax, being a subsidiary of Microsoft Corporation. And this paragraph is interesting because they are accusing, essentially, Mick Gordon of making certain statements to certain publications and that resulting in hate mails, nasty grams, coming to their lead audio designer and certain members of the id Software team. And this is unacceptable. Now, I will sit here and tell you as the recipient of nasty grams and hate messages online that I don't think any of that is acceptable. I don't. I certainly don't think it's useful and I don't want to see death threats or any kind of harassment of any type anywhere. But it's important to note that as they are saying this on the one hand, they're also putting together in this statement in 2020, something that could be used as an impetus for nasty grams and hate messages to Mick Gordon, which we will see in his statement in 2022 is exactly what he says happened. So this rings a little bit hollow when we look at it this afternoon because their statement, Mr. Stratton's statement, is exactly the kind of statement that Mr. Gordon puts out there two, two and a half years later. And it just doesn't ring true that you should be able to blame bad actors on the internet for either not being able to assert your position, as Mr. Stratton has done here, or not being able to defend your position, as Mr. Gordon did in 2022. We'll get there, but I wanted to highlight it right now. Now, as for the issue itself, says, when asked on social media about his future with Doom, Mick has replied, doubt will ever work again. And then in this same message in 2020, Mr. Stratton, in the most important paragraph, in my opinion, says, talent aside, we have struggled to connect on some of the more production-related realities of development while communication around those issues have eroded trust. For id, this has created an unsustainable pattern of project uncertainty and risk. And I say that's the most important because even back in 2020, you put a paragraph out there vis-a-vis -a, -vis a contract or a relationship with somebody that is supposed to be a professional, that is supposed to make good on the deliverables that they sign up in a contract to deliver, 
and you put all of that into question, that is going right to the heart of this person's livelihood. This is the kind of statement that could result in their losing business. And in fact, becoming anxious or stressed. And Mr. Gordon will attest to that in his 2022 statement. So Mr. Stratton went out there with this. He has a whole bunch of explanations and excuses. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that here at Hogue Law and Virtual Legality, we can assert with guarantees which statement is right, 2020 or 2022. What we can say is that the 2022 statement by Mr. Gordon has a lot of things that ring true. He has a lot of receipts that he brings to the table. And that is worth noting as we look at both of these statements. Mr. Stratton continues with, at this point, when he asked for the OST, the official soundtrack, when he said that it was going to go in the collector's edition at E3, we didn't have Mick under contract, which is a big no-no. You don't make promises to deliver something by Mick Gordon if you didn't already ask Mick Gordon for the contract, because as I said in that 90-minute video, you give the other party all the leverage in the world to change their rates, to make demands, only green M&Ms in the bowl, whatever it might be, because they have you over a barrel when you make that promise. Now, why didn't he have him under contract? Some could say it's mismanagement. He has a different explanation. He says it's because of ongoing issues, receiving the music we needed for the game, and that he did not want to add a distraction at that time by getting another contract for what they've just promised their users in the collector's edition. So with these two statements together, it's very easy to see that Marty Stratton of id Software in 2020 is throwing Mick Gordon under the bus. That is text, that is subtext, and then he has another explanation for why this was such a big deal. In a further paragraph in this statement, it's important to note at this point that not only were we disappointed to not deliver the OST with the launch of the collector's edition, we needed to be mindful of consumer protection laws in many countries that allow customers to demand a full refund for a product if a product is not delivered on or about its announced availability date. Now, on or about is a bit of a legal ease. That tends to suggest to me that some lawyer looked at this. Most people don't use on or about a given date on their own, but maybe that's a mistake. Either way, this is putting at the feet of Mr. Gordon their failure to deliver a product on time when they didn't have it under contract during the initial promise period. Now, there's more in this statement. Again, this is the very short form version of this discussion. Mr. Gordon responds just a few weeks ago, apparently putting his ducks in a row, trying to go through lawyers, trying to get settlements, trying to get that Reddit post that we were just looking at taken down. And he puts out a set of facts about the doom eternal process that are if incorrect, also problematic for Bethesda and id Software. So we've got a bit of a set of statements here, one of which is more true than the other. We can't necessarily tell which one, but either of which would seem to be at least plausibly defamatory in a legal setting. And that might raise ire on either the Bethesda side or the Mick Gordon side. More on that in just a second. Now, what did Mick Gordon say? He says he hasn't been paid for half the music that id Software wound up using in Doom Eternal. That's a big time problem on a contract basis. And just like M Marty Stratton accusing Mick Gordon of not being able to deliver on time, causing problems with communications, eroding trust, not getting another contract that he should get because he's not delivering the music that they asked for, just like that's a problem as a statement if it's untrue. Him going out here, Mr. Gordon, and saying that he wasn't paid properly for the music he made gives every contractor that otherwise composes, makes art, or signs up to a contract with id Software or Bethesda give pause. So that's its own problem for the livelihood of Bethesda and id and Microsoft at the top of the chain. So there are all these statements that Mr. Gordon says, the OST was a mess, I wasn't under contract, I got bad details, they didn't tell me anything about the pre-orders, I didn't re approve the release, they didn't show me any of this stuff, they claimed it was under my creative control and it wasn't. All these various things that go into a very, very long statement from Mr. Gordon. 
important are the kinds of things that would drive a litigious company up a wall. Now, is Bethesda a litigious company? We'll talk about that in just a minute as well, which leads us to today. Now, ordinarily, I would tell you, as somebody that has worked with clients on public relations and communications and trying to work through crises and whatnot, that if you want to bring a legal action against Mick Gordon for what he just did, you would do that. You would say, hey, we're going to put together a legal action. We're not necessarily going to go out with a statement to the public that winds up saying absolutely nothing. This is a messaging choice. This is trying to save face and reputational goodwill in your consumer base. When, as a lawyer, I look at this and say, I'm not so certain that you have the solidity of your position that you are going to present right here. That's the prelude. Let's take a look at what they actually said. So they start with the first paragraph. The recent post by Mick Gordon both mischaracterized and misrepresented the team at id software the development of doom eternal marty stratton and chad mossholder who i believe was the audio engineer that worked on the official soundtrack with a one-sided and unjust account of an irreparable professional relationship now this is interesting in and of itself so bethesda wants to go out there and be defensive Right, what they were accused of was mismanaging Doom Eternal. You had a lot of kind of side shade coming from Mick Gordon there, which didn't necessarily lead to his assumptions, what he wanted to actually get out there vis-a-vis -vis the official soundtrack or his musical work. There is just a lot of shade in that statement. I pointed that out when we looked at it to begin with. But what's interesting to me about this first paragraph in the Bethesda statement is that it's not a one-sided and unjust account of the development of the OST or the development of Doom Eternal. It's a one-sided and unjust account of an irreparable professional relationship. More than anything, what Bethesda wants to get out there is that this professional relationship is dirt. This is the top line item of the statement. Some people are going to fall asleep before they get to the end of this paragraph. And what they are focused on is we hate Mick Gordon. It's a very interesting tone to go out there with in the first paragraph. And I find it to be very defensive of these people that were developing the game and id software in general. Understand, this is not a statement from id. This is a statement from Bethesda one level higher and one level separating Bethesda from the, the parent company ZeniMax and ZeniMax from Microsoft that all are responsible for this kind of very public tiff going out there on Twitter of all places. Second paragraph, we are aware of all the details in history in this matter and unequivocally support Marty Chad and the team at id software. Now, this is interesting in and of itself. One, Marty Chad and the team at id Software are the people that are actually under their employee. So all of the things being equal, even if there were ambiguity, from a corporate standpoint, you would assume that the parent company would stand behind the subsidiary company. Because if there aren't any major issues here, we're not talking about Activision Blizzard level harassment claims. We aren't talking about those kinds of things. We're talking about mismanagement and treating a contractor poorly, which isn't a good thing. But it's not the same kind of level of other items that we've seen in the video game industry. All other things being equal you can expect the parent company to back up their people. They're the ones that they're most invested in. They're the ones that are the most responsible for the success or failure of their company and their enterprises at id specifically, but as a part of Bethesda and ZeniMax and Microsoft. So you'd expect them to back them up. But what's noteworthy in the Mick Gordon statements in 2022 is the level that Bethesda seems to be unaware of things happening with the official soundtrack. At least in Mick Gordon's statement, he had to reach out to Bethesda, the parent company, to even get a contract in process regarding the official soundtrack. And Bethesda doesn't exactly address that here. Instead, in the next sentence, they say, we reject the distortion of the truth and selective presentation of incomplete facts. Now, this is very lawyery. This is not actually saying that Mick Gordon is lying. 
This is far closer to saying that Mick Gordon is just picking and choosing what it is that he chooses to present to you. And I have no doubt that that is, in some cases, the fact of the matter. I say that in the video that we did before, which is there's a whole lot of conversations, especially in that January, February, March area that we aren't privy to, that one side at id Software, Marty Stratton, could think was a deal being made with Mick Gordon, while Mick Gordon doesn't think that there's a formally a deal until he signs a contract with receipts. He put the DocuSign email up in, I believe it's late March. Now, that doesn't quite square with what Marty Stratton says about the dates, that there's something agreed to in January, that he comes back and asks for extension in February. But as I said in that first video, it could be the case that these sides just think of agreements and moving forward differently. Uh, that Mick Gordon is waiting for a signed contract because he's been burned before and good for him. Any contractor should wait for a signed contract before beginning work. But that Marty Stratton is looking at things and saying, well, it's in process and we're just negotiating the details and everything should be moving forward at that time. Now, Bethesda comes in here as a party that Mr. Gordon says saved him, got a contract working, that Marty Stratton wasn't talking to him, wasn't engaging with him. Bethesda doesn't exactly reject that. They rejected distortion of the truth with a selection of facts. We stand ready, says Bethesda, with full and complete documented evidence to disclose in an appropriate venue as needed. Now, the lawyer in me reads that as be prepared for litigation. But where that doesn't make sense is that you don't need this statement at all if you're preparing for litigation. You don't need to put out there, we've got a mountain of evidence, but we're gonna show it to you later. When everything that has been presented from Mr. Gordon isn't being refuted here, it's just being said to be a distortion. And it's a little bit unclear what that distortion could entail. Now, folks have come even into my comments in social media and said, well, they don't need to prove themselves here. And that's fair. You don't need to litigate on social media at all. In fact, I would recommend against it. But I'd also recommend against going out there with a half-cocked statement that doesn't include any evidence, any refutation, and is just kind of a hollow defense of the people that already work for you. We know you're going to defend the people that work for you, Bethesda. That's not news to us. What is news to us is that you now say that you stand ready with full and complete documented evidence. Evidence of what? This is a dispute about kind of ambiguous management and contract terminology and who's responsible for what. What is it evidence of? What are you talking about, Bethesda? That's what makes this statement so unclear. And then it gets worse in the next paragraph. The statements posted online have incited harassment and threats of violence against Marty, Chad, and the id software team. Obviously inappropriate. Nobody of a reasoned mind, reasonable minds can differ is the tagline of this channel. Nobody of that reasonable mind would go and post death threats to these people in respect of a video game, a score, a soundtrack, a contract dispute, or anything else. So what you're talking about are bad actors on the internet. And to be quite frank, Mick Gordon is not responsible for crazies on the internet any more than Marty Stratton is responsible for crazies on the internet when he makes a statement in 2020 against Mick Gordon. This is completely hollow when the actual fact pattern that leads us to this point is that we made a statement on Reddit and he made a statement on Medium back at us. These are equivalent. And so you can't just go out there and say, the statements incited harassment. Okay, well then Mr. Stratton's statements incited harassment. As Mick Gordon says in his statement, to be honest, it's a complete red herring when we're talking about any of this. And it's designed for pity points when all they have presented is we stand by our employees. Any threats or harassment directed towards members of our teams will be met with swift and appropriate action to protect their health and safety. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
And perhaps this statement is more intended for those folks that maybe don't feel like the parent company is taking care of them. That's fine. But you go out there on Twitter with this, you can expect criticism from somebody that isn't looking at it like an employee of id Software or Bethesda. Finally, they finish off with, we remain incredibly proud of id's previous collaborations with Mick Gordon and ask that fans refrain from reaching conclusion based on his account and more importantly, from attacking any of the individuals mentioned on either side, including Marty, Chad, or Mick. I think we can all agree on that. Don't attack anyone. This is a contract dispute between ostensible professionals. Now, I say ostensible because normally professionals don't iron out their differences through Reddit posts and medium blogs and whatnot, but it can't be the case that you're allowed to go attack someone on Reddit and they're not allowed to defend themselves on medium. That can't be the stance that actually exists. So Bethesda goes out here with this statement, and I have to be honest with you, from the legal perspective, I find it to com be completely hollow, especially in the hands of a company like Bethesda. And I say in the hands of a company like Bethesda because Bethesda is known for being litigious, right? I probably don't even have to remind a number of you in this space about the Scrolls lawsuit. When Mojang wanted to make a game called Scrolls, and because Bethesda has a game called The Elder Scrolls, they felt that their trademark completely prohibited anyone else from using scrolls in the video game context at all, which is ridiculous on its face. We talk about intellectual property concerns and virtual legality all the time, but because Bethesda is well-resourced, because Bethesda has a lot of lawyers, because Bethesda can make your life miserable, and because they have trademark protection on certain aspects of the usage of the word scrolls is what they did to Mojang, this becomes a major issue. Now, they wind up settling with Mojang effectively saying, well, okay, I guess you have your trademark, but you're going to license it to us for what everybody believes is no additional fees at the time. And of course, ironically, Mojang and Bethesda are both Microsoft companies at this point in time. But it doesn't change the fact that when you are so litigious, when you go out there trying to say, we are so scary, don't even come up to our line, that when you go out there with a statement as hollow as this one, I look at it and say, okay, I don't see any receipts. Now, maybe they're planning a, def a defamation lawsuit. Maybe they're planning something more. I'd be interested to see it. Breach of contract lawsuit. But as of right this second, this statement is absolutely hollow, a water sandwich. And as I've mentioned, Xbox and Bethesda are tied at the hip here. One interesting aspect of this entire deal is that Microsoft bought ZeniMax, bought Bethesda, bought in software, not too terribly long ago. And not only that, they've kept the name alive. So one thing that's very interesting about this, and certainly we've covered Microsoft in Activision land and other lands very, very much in this channel of late, is that this is effectively a statement from Microsoft. Microsoft likes to give a free hand to these companies and certainly likes to allow companies like Bethesda to have a free reign over what they decide to do. But this is the kind of thing that calls into question exactly what Microsoft is doing. This is a very public dispute with a well-known, well-respected contractor that was an enormous part of the success of one of its subsidiaries' products. And it's all going to hell in a handbasket and nowhere to be seen is the parent company here. They're letting Bethesda do what they like. So I'll be interested to see what Microsoft does in the future, what Bethesda does, what Mick Gordon does. I wasn't expecting this statement because often the wiser course is to simply stay quiet. But I'm glad that you joined me for this analysis of a bit of corporate messaging because of how bad I think it is today. Let me know what you think in the comments and I'll probably be putting this up as a premiere so you can talk to me in the chat as well.
If you do like this kind of commentary about the law and business of video games, corporate messaging, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We can't do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got a Utreon and a Patreon to allow that support best, as well as YouTube membership. Or if you don't like any of those options, just subscribing, telling your friends, leaving those comments, talking to me about the issues that we present in these videos is very, very helpful. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.